Well, good morning, The Gathering. We are glad to connect with you this morning over Facebook Live. Uh, this morning we'll be having our service together. And uh, we'll just give you a few minutes to sign on and join in. Um, I see the first person to sign on is Phil Amar and family and Brian Lewis and family. So welcome guys, glad to see you. As we wait uh, just a moment, um, let me just encourage you guys, hi cousins, that uh, there is a family worship guide attached to the website. And so if you just head on to thegatheringcity.com and um, uh, download the, the handout, um, there is an encouragement for each family to uh, follow a liturgy of sorts to um, to prepare your hearts and sing over the breakfast table uh, to read Psalm 23 together and to pray if you haven't done that so far that's okay um, but uh, go ahead feel the freedom even right now to go and print off your family worship guide and uh, join us in a few minutes I see uh, the Bickles are on and the Matthiases good morning there's the constables. Good morning to you as well. All right, and there's the Pete's. Good morning. It's fun to just see everyone sign on. It's fun. Um, hey, uh, before we start, um, uh, we just wanted to share a little bit about how the Lord's been uh, pressing on our hearts to pray for you guys, to pray for our church. And uh, we thought it'd be um, it would just be better to come from a better looking person. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Hannah, would you share? Sure. Good morning. So, um, glad you're here with us and wish we could be together, you know, physically together. But we're praying for you guys during this time and we are, we are lifting you up in prayer. And so please send us, um, texts or call us and how we can be praying for y'all and, um, but some things that I feel like the Lord has just, um, pressed upon my heart is just this, is supernatural living, you know, in, in continually in scripture, God calls us to supernatural living in Matthew 18. He calls us to forgive 70 times seven. That's supernatural living. That's not in and of ourselves. That's not something we muster. That is dependence on the spirit looking to the lord um and uh first corinthians i was reading it this morning what was it six six oh to rejoice yeah. always um sorrowful yet always rejoicing yeah. that's supernatural living like like grieving yet rejoicing and so um just know that we're praying for you. We're praying for you as you live dependent lives on him. And we just pray that in this time, just like as you look outside and things are really green, starting to get green, that that's what the Lord is doing in your hearts too. That he is birthing something new um, in your hearts and that he is, he is strengthening the inner man and the, in the home. In this time and so I pray that this time wouldn't pass this wouldn't pa time wouldn't pass and you don't grow near to the Lord and, and you don't 
um, confess your sins in a fresh way to the Lord, or you don't confess to your husband in a fresh way, or to your kids. Or, and so I just pray that um, our prayer for you guys is that you would be strengthened in the inner man, and that God, through the power of his spirit, would speak, through you, speak to you as you read his word, as you sing, as you meditate, as you um, memorize scripture. Um, and so I would even encourage you guys to, during this time, to, to have a specific scripture that you are memorizing. And maybe this has already been said, but like, so as you look back on this time, that it would be like, this is the scripture I clung to. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, we love you and our hope is in Christ and our eyes are on him. And, um, and we, um, again, would love to pray for you. So please text us and email us and call us and, um, let us know how we can be doing that specifically. That's good. Thanks, baby. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for those of you who just signed on, welcome to the Newman home. And, uh, we're excited to join you online to uh, hear from God's word together. We love you too. Good morning. Plants, Allens, Leapers, saw you guys sign on. Uh, just a reminder that uh, this is your uh, family worship guide that is found on our website. Um, there's a uh, order of worship, um, and then there are lyrics here as well. And after the sermon uh, this morning, we'll encourage you to engage in discussion questions found on this guide, as well as um, go to our website to find the YouTube clip where you can respond to God's word through song. Um, so... Let's start our time. Kids, we're excited. You're with us. And uh, we just hope and pray that this would be a, a blessing um, to you. We uh, are certainly in uh, unprecedented times uh, for human history. And um, it, is, it is a global pandemic right now. Uh, our governor, Governor Mike DeWine, has issued a statement uh, this past week that uh, called everyone to stay at home. And um, we believe with all our hearts that this stay-at-home mandate uh, is really serving to strengthen and build the home. And so that's what we feel like God's doing in, in our church and in the surrounding area, that God wants us to build the home, to build marriages, to build families, to strengthen um, the family structure. Uh, we've been studying Second Chronicles, as you know, uh, these past few weeks uh, with the theme of revival. We've talked about it, how God is bringing about times of refreshing and he renews and restores a, a people that call upon his name and are hungry and desire to hear from him. And uh, we've, been, we've been praying for revival and uh, this has got to happen in our hearts first. It's, and, it, and when it does, it, it springs forth from our hearts and it, and it pours out of our mouth. And as a result, it hits the home first. Um, so the gospel, write this down if you're in your home, take a note that the gospel always hits home first. So I just, I wonder, and here's a couple questions to pose. Uh, have you asked the Lord yet what he wants to, you to learn from this time? How would you... Lord, how would you have me not just survive this time, but how would you have me steward this time? It's a great question to just ask and have, uh, have it involved within your prayer life. Um, 
Lord, how would you revive my heart and my home during this time where we're called to stay at home? So let's, let's start. I'd like to tell you guys a, a Bible story uh, from the book of Nehemiah. And this is one of the greatest revivals in Old Testament history. Um, and uh, the, the title today is called Revival in the Home. And um, we're just going to have three short points. And all these points involve uh, um, the word or image of walls in some sense. And so uh, the first point, we're going to tell the story of Nehemiah 8. And this is when the walls were destroyed, when they were brought down. Um, the second point, we're going to kind of jump outside of our time right now. And uh, we're going to learn about a family that... Um, that walked with God during Nazi Germany, when, when the Berlin Wall was, was erected and when there was East Berlin and West Berlin. And we're gonna talk about how a family endured well during those hard times when they, when they stayed at home. And then um, we're gonna talk about um, uh, how to endure well and how to bring about revival in the home by God's grace and by His Spirit uh, within the four walls of our church or within the four walls of our home. And uh, I hope that you see this consistent thread uh, in our 20, 30 minutes together this morning that uh, when revival happens, it always has to do with God's Word. Or I'll say it in different words. You see revival when you use God's Word. That's the main message, the big idea this morning that we're saying. You see revival when God's word is used. So let's go ahead and start with uh, point number one, um, where we're going to dip into Nehemiah chapter eight. So kids, feel free to get up, grab your Bibles, look in the index and find uh, the, the book Nehemiah, big number eight. And we will be in that for um, the next few moments. Just set up the context uh, while we're turning there and uh, I'm preaching to my family as well so you might hear some nicks and bumps in the background but um, this is just unpolished family life uh, going on so it's, it's wonderful to welcome, welcome you in our home. All right so context the Nehemiah 8 this is what happens. Uh, chapter 1 Nehemiah gets word that the walls are burnt down that the city of Jerusalem is just destroyed in uh, chapter 1, verse 4, he hears it from his brother, and he gets down on his knees, and it says that he wept. He just wept for days. He mourned. And the temple was in shambles, and the people of God were in desperate need of nourishment and, uh, and guidance. So during that time, times were really hard. It was like winter was pounding down on them. There's all these nasty leaves like outside right now, and they are in desperate need of spring. They want life to spring forth, for flowers to come out, for the grass to be greener. And so the church rose up. The people of God said, we got to do something. And so Nehemiah went back to the land, went back to Jerusalem, and he rallied a people to build the wall. And um, Zerubbabel, and this is how I learned it when I was, uh, when I was a kid, Zerubbabel went, went back and he rebuilt the temple, right? And then Ezra was called to rebuild the people. That's how I always remember it. Nehemiah built the walls, Zerubbabel built the temple, and Ezra built the people. And so how did Ezra build the people of God? Like, 
what, what were the people of God doing that caused their hearts to lift and to endure and to keep beating during these hard times? And I'll just repeat it again. It's this theme that the people of God brought out the word of God and the word of God caused revival in their hearts. So let's look at it. Would you turn to just verse one with me? Watch this. Okay. This is the word of the Lord. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, catch this, to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. If you got your Bible out, go ahead and underline, he brought the book. Ezra brought the book. Skip down to verse 3 with me. This is not going to be an earth-shattering idea, but this is just a great reminder for us. Verse 3 said, and he read from it. Isn't that interesting? Like, of course. I mean, if the writer of Scripture just wanted to communicate something really clearly, I, I hope that we're getting it. Like, he wants us to know that Ezra brought the book of the law and he read from it. This wasn't... Ezra's ideas or own thoughts or gifts or creative uh, notions. He wanted the people of God to hear from God himself. And let your eyes go on down to verse 5 with me. Look at this. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. I know it's simple, but I love that word opened. It's been said about God's word that God's word is like a lion and all you have to do is just open the cage and let the lion out. And that's what Ezra does. He opens up the book and as a result, God himself speaks. God's word is like a lion. There's power in it. And he's calling his people to open it and let the lion out. Now watch how the people of God respond to this lion. Watch how they respond to the power that is read to them. And if you could glean anything from their response, I would, I would say you could capture it in the word hunger. These people are hungry to hear from God's word. I see that we got some su subscribers on from Texas as well as Arkansas. So good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here with us. Look at verse 3 again with us. It says, And he read from it, this is Ezra, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Verse 4, And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for that purpose. So the people of God, they prepared for the word, they built this platform, and they valued it. They wanted to hear from God, and so they paid pay close attention to it. Now watch this. This is a great part in the story, okay? They respected it. Here we go, verse 5. And Ezra opened the book, and in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and as he opened it, all the people stood. Isn't that great? 
not just some uh, liturgy of, of dryness or barrenness. These people weren't just shells, but they stood up because their hearts were so moved after hearing from God. It says uh, early in the morning they listened until midday. Isn't that great? Like we've got about, you know, uh, 30 minutes here together this morning. But it, this is one of the longest times in Scripture where it said that people heard from God through his word. It's like three or four hours. Like they were hungry for it. And afterwards, after hearing from God, they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord. And then teachers surrounded all these people and they explained to them with the tone of Scripture, it says, what it meant. And the people of God wanted to understand it. They wanted to hear. It was like the very centerpiece. It was, it was their very life. It's what they wanted. And then what was the result of this? Was it just like weeping and mourning and gnashing of, of teeth? Like, did it just bring about conviction? Uh, partially is, is the answer. Like uh, later in this narrative, it says that the people mourned because of their sin that was amongst them. Uh, but then the teachers of the law and Nehemiah and Ezra like surrounded the people and they just, they said, hey, stop grieving. Like, hey, cut it out. This is a time for celebration. And then there's that great verse in there and it says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that a great verse, church? Like, look at, look at that. Let's celebrate as a result of hearing from God that God is going to be your joy and strength. And then at the end of verse 12, let your eyes just go there with me in your scriptures. It says, because they had understood the words that were declared to them, they had joy because they understood God's word. It was open to them. They responded and they worshiped. That was it. And, 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 and uh, did it end there is the question. Like, was it just for them personally to walk with God in their closets? Was it just to deepen their own souls? Um, no. Like, it, the narrative continues and it says that the people, they, they went out. They had so much joy that they proclaimed the faithfulness of God. In verses 13 to 18, if you just want to take a pen and bracket those, it is, it's where the people of God went out to the hills and to, to proclaim and to publish in all their towns in Jerusalem this message to celebrate like, hey, come on back to Jerusalem. We've got to celebrate the faithfulness of the Lord. Like, come on, let's, let's gather together and let's do this. Like, we want to celebrate his faithfulness. Come. Uh, just a little bit of history note. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. It's where the people, they took like palm branches or olive branches or myrtle branches and they and they built like temporary structures and they lived in them for a while. Uh, so to remember that, that um, their time in Egypt, God was faithful to bring them out. And he was also faithful to protect them in the wilderness as they traveled. And so those temporary shelters were a visible symbol to them that God's going to take care of them. And he's worth celebrating because he's faithful. 
I hope that's an encouragement to you in this time. It's crazy, but the people of God hadn't celebrated like that since the time of Joshua, almost a thousand years previous. So just to recap that first story, that first point, how did revival happen? How did it take place? Like, how did Ezra build the people during hard times? Uh, in the past, we've said that, that the word of God and his witnesses build the kingdom of God. And this morning, we're saying that it is all about the word, that Ezra opened the book, people were changed, and as a result, more worship was given to God by more people. Well, hey, let's talk about a time uh, just a few thousand years ago, or a few, sorry, a few, a few years ago, where, um, where Adolf Hitler built a wall. So way back in the time of Nehemiah, the walls were torn down, the city was, was in ruins. But in the time of uh, World War II, the leader of Germany uh, built a wall in the city of Berlin that separated Berlin from, from its sides, from west to east. Uh, we often call this, uh, the, this, this period or this, this place Nazi Germany. It was a really hard time. Uh, during, during this time, the people uh, within Germany were essentially on lockdown if they weren't soldiers or whatever. And it was too dangerous to go out. I remember a few years ago, I, I, I really got into reading about World War II and I read the book uh, Bonhoeffer, spy, pastor, um, theologian, uh, I think it's like assassin, um, or spy, that's what it is, prophet, spy. Um, so my, my question, when I was entering into this study of World War II and, and the study of, of Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, what were the German Christians doing during this time? Like, how did they spend their time in the home? How did they endure well? What was it like for them? What, what sort of rhythms helped them walk with God? How did they, as parents, train up their children in the way they should go? How did marriages thrive and not just like survive? What were, what were their prayer lives like? Not just like, oh Lord, I pray that this would end soon, but like, how did they stay vibrant with God? Uh, many of you know uh, Bonhoeffer's story and how he really wrestled during this time with whether or not he should try to assassinate Hitler, right? He wrote a lot. Um, his musings had a lot to do with Romans 13 with regards to obeying the government, when to and when not to, uh, when to kill, when not to kill. Um, should I obey, obey the Ten Commandments here? Like These were really tough times and really difficult theological questions that Dietrich Bonhoeffer was wrestling with. That's how we know him for the most part. Um, but I was really intrigued to see his home life while these hard times were happening. So let me just share a quick story. One of my favorite traditions of the Bonhoeffer home um, when they were in lockdown, were their Saturday night concerts. It was awesome. So they homeschooled during the week, right? 
um, all their kids were musicians. And so they all were working on different violin, cello, viola, and piano pieces. And then every Saturday night, um, mom and dad would sit down and they would call up each of their children and they would, they would share their music that they would, had been working on um, all, all, um, all week. And then, and this is the clutch part, then either mom or dad or one of the kids would take turns by just like Ezra, they would open the book and they would read from it. This family during hard times endured well and their hearts were revived because they sang to each other spiritual songs and hymns and they opened the book and they heard from God himself. Corey Ten Boom um, was, was also a, a, a World War II survivor. Uh, she said this, the measure of life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. And I would say the Bonhoeffer family, although they didn't live long lives, their duration wasn't very long. Their time on earth, what they donated to the Lord and to each other was extremely fruitful. And because of the faithfulness of mom and dad opening the book, their family knew God in a deeper way, one. Two, they were equipped to endure hard times. And three, really that God used their family in a unique way to advance the mission of God through the church. Isn't that great? Silent disciplines in the home, within the walls of the Bonhoeffer church, paid dividends for eternity that even now in the year 2020, we're talking about what this family did within their home. So we learned about we learned about uh, the walls that were that were destroyed in the time of Nehemiah. We learned about what a family did when the Berlin Wall was up. And now, just to close with our time together, I want to talk about how we can build our family that is called to stay within the walls of our own home right now. With all our plans that have been canceled, all the events that have been canceled, and conferences, and people working out of the home, everything has stopped, and this little tiny virus has sent us all home. Now we're in the, in the walls of our own home. How can we use this time wisely? How can we use this time to invest ourselves into each other and to know the Lord deeply so that we can see the kingdom of God grow? Another question would be, how can God bring out revival in the hearts of men? And today, through this text, we're seeing that revival comes when we bring out the book. So church, the gathering, my encouragement to you and call to you this morning is during this time, bring out the book. Like, do it. Bring it out for you. Bring it out for your family. Let the lion be unleashed so that he may be known and experienced in your life and in your family. And when you bring it out, don't expect like immediate results. Don't, don't expect the speed of God to occur quickly. 
Oftentimes, it's the, the Word of God is, is likened to a, a small and slow drip. It takes time to work and to soften the hearts. Continually come back to it. Use it often. Spurgeon, uh, who was a pastor in England a while back, put out a devotional for his people uh, called Mornings and Evenings. Um, this is the same guy that said, half of our fears arise from the neglect of the Bible. And so this morning, we want to just issue a charge or a challenge to you watching this in your home, um, to you, our church, and to you abroad who are watching. We want to call out a challenge. Uh, and we're going to call this challenge the morning and evening challenge. We want to encourage you during this time to bookend your day with God, to start it and to end it with the Lord and to walk with him in the middle. So as you like pray to God to, to, to beseech him about this challenge, Lord, how would you have me spend my time to know you and to invest in others around me within the, the four walls of my home? Um, we would say, hey, pick one, pick a morning or an evening that has, has to do with you personally to deepen your soul. And then pick one that has to do with your family. Like do something together that enriches your time, that is family related. Like read in the morning and pray at night with your family. Uh, we've, we've put out some blogs. We've, we've, we've equipped you with some resources on our website. We want you to engage with your family so that the word of God would dwell richly among you. I think if you're taking notes and if you could just come away with one big question, it could be this. During this time and for this challenge, how can we start and end our day knowing the Lord and growing in him? Church, steward your time to strengthen the home and deepen your souls. We really are praying for revival in your hearts, revival in your marriages, revival between fathers and their children, that their, the hearts of the fathers would be turned back to the children, that the children, their hearts would be turned back to mom and dad, that, that a shining beacon of light would shine out of every home. We're praying for revival in the home. So as we go from here, we want to continue to encourage you to use your family worship guide. Uh, there's two more things uh, related to this handout. Um, we have uh, questions of reflection. Again, you'll find this on our website. Just click on March 29th uh, and there'll be different attachments included. Uh, some of the questions are, hey, what's one thought you've heard that especially encouraged you? Or what's one specific way you were challenged to be faithful? Or what's one verse you could share with someone else? And there's a, there's a couple more. But we would encourage you, hey, cook some lunch and over the table as a family, talk about this. And then there's a chance for you to respond to the Lord through song. Uh, we'll be singing two songs, Great Are You, Lord, and Psalm 23. The lyrics are found on the back of this sheet. Uh, and again, you can find that attachment on the website. So let's close our time in prayer. Thanks for joining us. Would you bow your heads with me in the um, 
in the privacy of your own home, and let's go to the Lord together. So Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we're trusting you through this coronavirus time as we are called to stay at home. Lord, would you help us strengthen our homes? Would you equip us to feed our souls through your word? Lord, would you make us prayerful people? And Lord, would would you help us in the moments of temptation to choose rightly during this time? We are praying for revival and that parents and kids, marriages, families, Lord, that everyone would turn to you and as a result, know you more and want others to know you. So we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great to be with you guys. Thanks so much. Have a blessed rest of the day. And we'll see you soon. Again, if you're, if you're with us, um, please send us prayer requests. We want to minister to you and shepherd your hearts as best as we can through this time. Talk to you soon.